Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray Strandom wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. As always, I'm Josie, and today we are joined by my new friend, Joe Smith. Um, we just had some technical difficulties, Joe. It was hilarious. Um, a new one, new one that we hadn't seen before. But anyways, Joe, you are the pastor of a cool new church called Shift, right? Correct. And you guys are doing the seemingly impossible, which is transitioning from a gay-hating conservative church, well, maybe not gay-hating, but, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, to a cool, woke, deconstructed, gay-loving church. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's on our t-shirts. I love it. That is um, a great t-shirt. You're welcome for the idea. Bestseller. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about how all this came about. I mean, I'm sure we're all curious because it just, that's what we all wish churches would do. Yeah. And it's just not what they do <laughs> yeah no it's not and we spent the majority of our time in local churches not not being that like mm-hmm. we it's been like we've been in the local church for 22 years and it was largely conservative evangelical um not uh, we were never in any mega churches but the church we were at in st louis was very much a mega church culture like they were trying mm-hmm. so we we had all the you know behind the scenes stuff but um, so we moved from St. Louis to Florida, where we're at now, like 10 years ago. And long story short, we ended up at this church called Shift. It was already here. And, um, and I'm sure like many other people, um, we had started deconstructing before, but then in like 2015 with the rise of Trump, uh, that set off, set us off into a tailspin and, uh, we had started like, you know, you, you pull the thread on any fundamentalist teaching and it starts to fall apart pretty quickly. So then it's like, okay, well, if that bedrock thing fell apart, so it just kept going. And then, um, so then we started really asking the question about, okay, well, what does the Bible actually say about LGBTQ people? And, um, 
um, that was that was like a two three year process for us of like really digging in and like okay is this real or not or are we insane and then um, it was like it just it just so it, it worked out that like as we were kind of coming towards the end of that journey of where we knew we were going to land and then the the founding pastor of Old Shift him and his, he and his family they had to leave it was all it was all good it was all healthy it was for good reasons. Um, and then they handed it over to us and then we started the process of, okay, we got to lay the groundwork and we started, um, preaching about teaching about like how Jesus, you know, always crossed whatever line the culture set to join the people on the other line on the other side and, um, how inclusive the gospel is. And then we just had conversations. We're not a huge church, so it was really easy to meet with everybody and, um, um, and then it was, it was a year ago, a year ago in February next month that we had, uh, a talk on human sexuality where we officially kind of came out, I guess, if you want to use that terminology <laughs> as, you know, um, queer affirming and, uh, it's been a rocky road, but it's been really good. I am obsessed because I mean, how many times do we get pastors who, either are affirming but they're it's a secret or they mm. come out as affirming and then they get kicked out of their church and it's just this yeah. whole scandal that's like the norm and yes. this is so not and i love that you said that you're not a big church because that's um as somebody who works for a church and who yeah. has a deep disdain for mega churches yeah. i just think that is this is precisely why the the model of having small community churches is the best one, right? Because you can make those shifts. You can change yeah. your minds together. And and if you don't like it, well, just go to the next neighborhood church and be a bigot over there, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got triggered when you said that your church was, like, trying to be a mega church. Like, and I just pictured all oh. the beautiful graphic design that is that bullshit. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That was it. So how has that been, um, how has this journey been for you personally? I mean, I know you said the church or whatever, but deconstructing yeah. is not easy. No. When you are already working at a church. Yeah, it was, it was really difficult. Um, and then the church makes it worse. Like I just wish that certain large, large platform pastors would shut up, um, mm -hmm. and stop talking. Mm -hmm. just shut up and go home nobody cares what Do you think it. right and it's just like oh my god shut the frick up um so that that makes it that makes it really difficult because it wasn't something that we chose to do because it would have been really easy to stay right where we were mm -hmm. you know it's easy it's easy it's easy to be evangelical because it's all certain you know like yeah. no this is it's black and white so um when it started happening i mean our our entire I would say like 98% of the people that we have, we're all going through it together. And like we have like our small groups are deconstruction groups mm -hmm. so that people can like talk through stuff together. And it's just a, so we don't feel alone because we felt very alone doing it. And um, now the, the staff I worked with, they were awesome. They, they, they knew we were in the middle of all that stuff and they were supportive. They, they're not supportive of where we landed, but um, but uh, well, the old staff, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, there were moments where it felt like, you know, I still have those moments. Sometimes it's like, is this is this real at all? Is God actually there? Mm. 
it might, did we just waste 20 years of our lives for something that isn't what we thought it was, you know? Yeah. So, um, but the, the hardest part of when we, you know, made that final from, you know, like a more traditional view of marriage and all that stuff to what we, where we landed was, um, was the strain on relationships and the severing of relationships. And um, now I will say, I say this to everybody, it's nothing compared to what my queer friends have had to go through. Yeah. So I'm not equating it at all. I just want everybody to understand that. Um, uh, but it did strain a lot of relationships and uh, we lost some. Um, I, I, my personality is very much, um, I don't know. I'm an Enneagram three. Oh, oh yeah. I'm an eight. If you couldn't yeah. tell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to beat you. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to be friends while we do it, but I'm going to beat you. So it's just like when somebody tells me I can't do it, it's just like, do you not know me at all? Like watch. Um, so there's, so that, that fed into that, but, um, I, you know, overall I got, I'll be real honest. Over, it was a struggle, uh, financially because we lost, we ended up losing a lot of people. Yeah. And um, so that was that was the hardest part. But man, I I've told people before, I've told other people before, if we could go back and do it all over again, knowing what we would have to do, like our the few people that stayed, we had about twenty five people that stayed mm-hmm. afterwards. Um we had like a come to Jesus meeting, like, okay, we're we're my wife and I were gonna go back to work outside and we're gonna whatever we gotta do to keep the doors open. Um but we would do it all over again because it was totally worth the and relationship. It's just, and, yeah. yeah, it's just like the right thing to do, which is stupid to like have to say that. But yeah. like, oh, let's make sure everybody feels loved and accepted. And let's make sure that we have a space where you can question the things that you're believing and not have to be a sheep just following some random ass person with yep. random ass credentials. Yep. <laughs> It's pretty wild. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I'm impressed. Our community did something s- not similar. I mean, the pastor just came in and said this and then, you know, it was less of a And they're Methodist. I'm in a Methodist church. Yeah. So it's kind of like always in the air with the Methodists. Yeah. That's true. But how do you um do you get like a lot of backlash from your community? Um Wait, where are you located? We're in Gainesville. Gainesville, Florida. It's North oh, Central Florida. Florida. Yeah. Sorry, I'm um I'm a classic no, uh, liberal elite, coastal elite. You know, I don't know anything yeah. about anything. No, okay, so Florida. Wow. Okay, that. Yeah. Ooh, quite yep. a culture. Okay. It is. It is too. It's insane down here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Little DeSantis. Little. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. Um, but we're um, Gainesville is a little oasis. Oh, that's nice. uh, um, that's nice. you drive outside of Gainesville and you got QAnon flags. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Ah. I'm serious. Like, no, no, no. There were people flying QAnon, like literal flags, just the Q on it. Yeah, that's where it is. Um, so we're thankful for where we are. Um, and I'm thankful for the, the community that's being built because, um, I am, and I say aloud because, you know, if you work in the church world, you know, uh, 
there's always mechanisms to getting rid of a pastor or whatever and just replacing them with somebody mm-hmm. else you like. Um, but what what we have is just I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna brag on my people. They're they're freaking rock <laughs> stars. I, I got up a couple of weeks ago. We did a whole series on deconstruction and I told them I just don't know what I believe. Mm-hmm. I said some days I said most days I believe in Jesus. I said outside of that, it just depends on what day you catch me on. I don't know what it is. And they're all like, Yep, get it. Same. Mm-hmm. You know? So we're able to like talk through like really difficult topics and we're able to discuss those things and bring them up and and um um and 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 when it comes to stuff like that stuff that's going on in florida you know where i don't know if you saw that commercial that desantis did where it was like it 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 was that uh, so god created a farmer but instead it was god (laughs) created a fighter did you see that one no thank god oh dude it was like if christian nationalism snorted coke that's that commercial I mean, it was just yeah. over the top and, uh, you know, we addressed it like, and it was like, no, it didn't matter who the person was in the commercial. Uh, this is wrong. It doesn't matter who, you know what I mean? So, um, we're able to do some cool stuff here. Sorry, I keep coughing and muting and it's a show, but I'm thoroughly impressed that you have cultivated a community like this because I often feel like these hierarchies get built and the pastor is just like the top dog and you have to be sure and you have to know everything. But that just seems incredibly unhealthy for that human, right? Like the humanity of that person. We all doubt, we all have our beliefs that shift and change as they should. Um, But it's not often that you find a community or build a community where you can view your pastor or the guy running the show, you know, not necessarily the, the end all be all, but just running the show where you can come to the table and say, today I'm struggling with this. And I think that's the healthiest model. Like what else yeah. makes sense when we're all just human beings? It out. Yeah. 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 When, well, when my wife and I sat down, um, and said, are we going to do this? We kind of like made a, we kind of like made a list of, okay, what are all the things that we hated mm. and what are, what are things that we would want to do? And that's just what we started doing. That's just what we started doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know if, have you ever read the a church called Tove? No. By Scott McKnight. Um, he, he and his daughter, um, wrote a book. They were, his daughter was part of Willow Creek when mm. the Bill Hybels thing started and came out. So they wrote a book in response to that. And just the, the unhealth of the evangelical church in the United States. And mm. like you said, all these hierarchies and all these positions or whatever, and they laid out um, what a healthy church looks like. And Tove is the Hebrew word for good. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, it's going to be a truth telling culture. It's a people first culture. Um, uh, it's a service culture and service, uh, you know, like pushes back against like celebrity pastors and celebrity churches. So when we, when we formed our local leadership team, that was the book that we used to, to create the leadership. And then um, we just got done talking through it with everybody just so that we can make that commitment publicly to everybody that this is, this is who we're going to be. And you have to hold us accountable to this mm. um, because yeah, those things, 
Yeah, we did it for 20 years, man. And it was so unhealthy. I mean, at one point in time, we, we left the church in St. Louis literally because of stuff that they were saying about my wife. And when we left, we realized just how strained our marriage was. Mm. And had we stayed much longer, who knows what would have happened. Yep. Um, it's, yeah, it's just so unhealthy. And we're just like, well, we get to be in charge now, so we're not going to do this. Yeah, let's talk about this for a second because I'm, I'm, yeah, there's a bunch there's this culture where marriages are seen as like the sacred thing. You have to get married. Like everybody should get married, blah, blah, blah. But then once you get married, you have to give your marriage up to the church, right? Especially if you're in leadership, but let alone whatever. Like if one person does something, the other person has to be there. And I find myself fighting against this at my own church. And not because it's just so normal. It's seen yeah. as so like we forget to think about it. But, like, if I show up, they're like, oh, where's Ryan? Where's your partner? And I'm like, mm-hmm. he didn't want to come. And they're like, oh, yep. yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to come. Yeah, sure. And yeah. it's like a little glitch moment where they're just like, oh, yeah, he's an individual and can decide whether he wants to come or not. Yeah. Or if we're volunteering or if I'm volunteering, it's like, where's Ryan? It's like, he didn't. We're not a package deal. We're not. Yeah. Okay, so no. what is your experience as a. As a yes. real ministry person. Okay, so <clears throat> I will tell you that it was very much like that. Um, the church that we came from in St. Louis, my my son had been born like halfway through it. And um, so when my wife was off of maternity leave, we had a good friend that had um, a daycare and she watched him through the day because we both had to work. And uh, and then the problem started rising that on Wednesdays with the midweek program, you know, because you have to be at the Sunday school, Sunday morning, the yep. two Sundays, two Sunday morning services, the Sunday night small groups, and then the Wednesday night midweek. And um, we decided as a family, it didn't make sense to leave our son in daycare all day, pick him up and then take him to another daycare that night at the church. Yep. And it was more important for my wife to be at home because I had to lead stuff. So it was more important for her to stay home with him. And I could bring our daughter who was, who was, uh, they're seven years apart. So she could come with me and do the kid stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the day, the day I knew I was going to quit, um, I got pulled into an elders meeting mm-hmm. and um, yes. And <laughs> we were sitting around the table and uh the pastor said, it just seems like your wife's not on board with the program. And I said, well, uh, what, what do you mean? Well, she's, she's not here on Wednesday nights. It seems like she's got more important things to do. Like an and, infant. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I said, I was like, well, you know, my son was born just a few months ago. So she's at home with him. We, we felt like that was more important. And there were other things said, and, um, I, I left that meeting and I called my wife and I said, I'm quitting. Mm. And that was like the last straw, but I said, I'm quitting and, uh, got called, called a friend, got another job immediately, not in the church. We left Mm. the church for about a year. And, uh, but then when we stepped out of it, we realized how, you know, like there's just, we had lost, um, intimacy. Like there was, because Mm. we were just coming and going all the time. I mean, there were literal, there were weeks where some weeks I was gone like five nights that week. Yep. 
And so we're, we're barely passing each other. You know, it's like a kiss at night, love you, good night. And you know, you're passed out of sleep and you've got two little kids and um, it did, it, it put a horrible strain on, on our marriage. Um, and so like now, one of the things that we said was that, that that's not a thing. Uh, my wife is an introvert. She's an introvert. So um, she picks and chooses what she can go to and what she mm-hmm. can't. So there have been times where we've had, um, you know, like gatherings or something outside of Sunday morning, like on a Saturday for something. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but, or something was coming up like Sunday night or something, you know what I mean? Outside the regular Sunday program. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was more important for her to be at this other thing than it was on the Sunday morning. And so she stayed home on a Sunday morning because she's only got so many people hours to give. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so that's what we, that's what we said. Okay. Well, this is part of it. Like mm-hmm. it's not a two for one here. Um, I'll be there because number one, I'm an extrovert and I love it, but yeah. I, I also lead it. So so yeah, that was one of the things that we made sure that we guarded real hard right away is that there's no expectations. Mm-hmm. So um, she used to have a church laugh, I don't know, you know, that church, yeah. laugh, the church laugh. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's been retired and uh, it, t- it took a while. I don't know. It took her a good, probably six months. Mm. Like she didn't have to play that role. Yep. She could actually be herself. Um, so yeah, it's good, but it took a while to get there. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of something that I remind people at my church where it's like, okay, well, if they didn't feel like coming to church on a Sunday because they were tired or they went to a party the night before and were hung up for whatever fucking reason, right? Like they, it's not bad that they don't come to church on a Sunday. Yeah. Our numbers are lower or whatever, but that's not the point, right? Like the point is to create a community where you feel safe enough to say, I'm not feeling it today. Yep. Because some days we don't, even the most extroverted people, right? You're just like, I yes. don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. We we had we had dinner with some friends last Saturday night, stayed out a little too late, and boy, if I was not the guy yeah. that had to be in front, I would not have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember this past Sunday, actually, I had such anxiety because I still have all this fucking trauma. And I work at the church. It's my, it yeah. feels like my job. But I was having sciatica to the point where I couldn't move my fucking leg because okay. I'm an old lady. And I had to, like, just tell myself that it was okay that I was not going to go to church that Sunday. Yep. Like, yeah, oh, I would have yeah. had to go sit in a hard pew sing a song while I'm yeah. in pain and it's just not it's not a cute look so let's just no. suffer in silence I hope. and you know what and you know what God doesn't love you any less exactly I mean if he if he is so petty if God if they are so petty that they're keeping track like mm. check then maybe I'll go do something else yeah and if they are keeping track I actually went to a church growing up where I was at church five to six days a week because of my parents. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, yep. Monday night leadership. So I had to go with my parents because they were in leadership. Tuesday was a day off. Wednesday night, worship band rehearsal because we're all in oh. the worship team. Then Thursday night, small group. And then Friday, there was another service for everybody. Saturday, there was always some fucking event going on and on and on. And... So I've made up for the time, okay? I've made up for it, <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> my whole life has been at the fucking church. Uh-huh. I feel that. But I, yeah, this is like, let's talk about some more things that the evangelical yeah, so, church well, definitely just to gets talk, wrong. Yeah, just to talk what you were saying, one of the things that we felt like was there's a lot of pressure. Sorry, I've got a cough drop. I got a cough no, too. No, that's okay. Um, I got a cough too. I get you. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pressure for people to to be there, you know, to be in attendance, number one, so that the place looks full mm-hmm. or that there's enough workers or whatever. Um, and then one of the other high pressure situation is, is that if you're not there, God's not going to speak to somebody like he would if you were there, right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that we decided to do, um, one of the things that we like structurally was that we got rid of that, that pressure. Like mm-hmm. we don't count. If you ask me what my, the average of the church is, I, I have zero idea because we don't count. Yeah. Um, we know how many people we know our people, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know our people, but I don't know what the average is. Um, we also simplified everything as much as possible so that, um, on any given Sunday, you technically only need two, four, five. You technically only need like six, seven people to run mm-hmm. everything. Um, and then, but the big one was that, you know, we live here in Florida. So Gainesville is like an hour and 20 minutes from either coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're about an hour, hour-ish, hour and 15, hour and 30, you know, north of Disney and all that stuff. So like we live in the land of vacation. So one of the things that we wanted to do was uh, people always felt guilty leaving on those like holiday weekends or, you know, the school's out for whatever. And they felt guilty because if they left, then something didn't get done. So what we did is we just, because COVID online service just became a thing, Mm -hmm. we just leaned into it. So we schedule off weekends throughout the year on like those travel weekends. Yeah, and just do online only. Everybody and get then, out of here. Yeah. yeah. And that way, listen, even if you're in town, sleep in. Just take just take it off. Don't don't worry about it. And the people that like are volunteers and but they want to go to the beach that weekend or whatever, there's like there's no guilt. There's no anything because we're not we don't have anything at the building, so don't worry about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was one of the things that like we felt because we we were also set up in teardown for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was a machine. Yeah. We met at a middle school. And so we just wanted to relieve all of that pressure and just say, listen, it's not about inten- attendance. It's about engagement. We want you to engage in the mission mm-hmm. of like loving people. Uh, but that doesn't mean you have to be here every week. Yeah. And th- I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but when you release people from that structural guilt and shame, mm. then all that baggage is gone. And yep. if they're there, they're like, dialed in and i'll be really honest this was an outcome this was not something planned but most people when there's no guilt involved and they know they're not going to be guilted for missing last week mm-hmm. they're there all the time exactly because yeah because they're choosing to be part of this community it's mm-hmm. not there's no guilt there's no shame there's no expectation for attendance you're just gonna uh, go see the homies that's it yeah that's literally it and you take away all of those pressures or control systems and people just want to be together it's true i mean like at our church after service we go to lunch together and that's like 
me, the person who's like the boss, I'm the boss, right? So I'm the cool kid. And then the pastor, who's also the boss, and but I'm more of a boss because that's what I say. <laughs> so like all the important people go to, but like we're all idiots, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And we all, everybody goes and we hang out and we don't talk about church at all. We talk about the most random shit. We bitch, yep. we moan. And it's fun. Like everybody looks forward to lunch after church, probably more than the actual service. Yes. But you're just like, it's a guilt free and you can ask whatever questions you want and you can curse in front of everybody because nobody cares and you eat food and you decide where it's just like, that's what the church is supposed to be. Right. Is where these friends hanging out with this concept and pushing each other towards love and it's not supposed to be put on your best outfit, look the best, gloat about the money you don't have or whatever other bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah. just talking about mega churches. Um, I went to my I went to visit my parents' mega church one day. They go to River Church here in Anaheim. It's a huge Latin church with the most famous Latin preacher, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I went with my cousin and my parents were ushers, so they weren't sitting with us. And these the ushers that like got us or whatever, they sat us right in the front, like the front row. Nice. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> it's not gonna turn out well for me because my parents are pentecostal and okay. i appreciate it i still have the vibe yeah but not generally yeah very pentecostal and i got in trouble because not they, front row pentecostal no because they couldn't <laughs> i got in trouble my parents like got in trouble because they couldn't point the camera in my direction because <laughs> I couldn't stand for the hour and a half fucking worship session, uh, so I sat down to journal at one point. Yeah. And they were like, it didn't look good for the camera. And I was like, bitch, I'm tired! This is a three-hour <laughs> service! I'm so tired! <laughs> and I wasn't, like, smiling or looking reverential or have my hands up when I was standing. Because now I'm a Methodist. I chill, you know? I'm trying to chill. Yeah. If I feel it that day, I feel it that day. But I wasn't feeling it. And I was... And I was so annoyed that I got in trouble for not being camera ready. Mind you, I always look good on Sunday because I like to dress up. But I was like, what the fuck is this where I couldn't, you couldn't point your multi-million dollar camera feed at me uh-huh. because I was not cute enough for your feet? Like, it was so annoying. And that is exactly what I try to avoid in my current church. Yeah, I feel that. All of it. Because it's just like, are you serious, dude? That's ridiculous. And mind you, this church is like, they have a big band, so they, which I love. I love the music. It's yeah. great. It's a little excessive, but they have like the, the podiums with the LCD, LED screen. Oh, so it has nice. like the, the TVs or whatever. It's like bougie to the max. They have the choir. They won't even, my poor dad. My dad has been in worship for his whole life. And he can't be in the choir he's not good enough he's i guess not i don't know what the process is but he yeah. was just like i'm not gonna deal with it i was like dad that's so sad yeah because at our church it's like if you just want to sing on a sunday just let us know and we'll put you yeah. on the schedule yeah but if you suck you know, all over the volume <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's funny because we literally just talked about this for us was that this business model of the church mm-hmm. where we went from smaller communities that were about loving and caring for one another to these large communities um, where they structured people based on um, talent. Yep. 
And so the most talented people are in the inner circle and the least talented people are on the outer circle. And that's what it's based on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was one of the things that we talked through too. And so like for us to combat that, because that just comes naturally if you're trying to grow. Yep. So we said, we said that we're going to cap our growth and we're never going to be above like, we, we said it just arbitrarily. We picked a number that we felt like if we ever got to this size, it would be like the limit of being able to know one another. Mm-hmm. Maybe not we're maybe not to the point where we're all like all friends, but like I could still sit down and if I run into you or we could still go out to grab a bite to eat because we know yeah. each other. Yeah. So we, we picked like 250 to 300. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we're if, if we get to that point, we'll we'll um, basically launch another. OK, you guys are all from this area. Splitsville. Yeah, we'll we'll help you. Maybe we'll hire somebody or raise somebody up, blah, blah, blah. But you go do this over there now. Yeah. And then you you do it. Like, and it's not like we're not gonna pipe anybody in. No, you guys are gonna go over there and do it. Yeah. We'll we'll maintain relationships, but just so that we can combat that. Cause you have your own pastor, no live feed. Yeah, you got you do your own thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that way we just it just never becomes that because if your dad can sing, and even if you can't. Right. And, but he loves to do who cares? Yeah. I will say that my dad is phenomenal. He recorded his own little album because he's really cute and with his <laughs> brothers and nephews. <laughs> well, he can come sing in our stuff. My, oh, great. Um, my dad's scared of Florida, though. So as a brown man, he's like, <laughs> <Y'all are>. <laughs> <laughs> my, that's actually really sad. My dad is so scared to travel these days. And now that he has like a tall white uh, son-in-law, he's a little bit more comfy if we go. But I just thought it was so sad. He's like, I really want to go to Montana, but I don't think I can. And I was like, yeah. I don't think we can either, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it's crazy. Like at our church. I've been like singing my whole life. I just have my dad. His biggest dream for me was that I'd be a CCM recording artist. Yeah. And then he ended up with a fucking heathen kid who just hates CCM music because it sucks. No Dove Awards for you. No, no. And I, yeah, I, oh gosh, no, 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 no. Um, and now I'm like back at singing at church and everybody, nobody knows that I sang. And then my dad's like, the dream is back on. <laughs> Part two. Let's do this. I know. It's so funny. But that's what I love is that I was just able to say, hey, you want musicians. And this is what's nice, right, is that we just put out a call. I put it on the Instagram, said we want more musicians because we just want – it's more yeah. fun if we could rotate and you don't have to be there every week, like just like yeah. for the sake of volunteers being cared for. And yeah, you just said, I want to be in it. It was like, great, let's do it. And it's amazing. And it's low pressure. You don't have like rehearsal days. We just come an hour early and we rehearse and it's easy and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I wish more churches cared about people's time and energy and emotional Uh capabilities than they did about the show on a Sunday morning. The performance. Yes. Mm. Yes. Like... We have a tech team, and we just need bare minimum two people to press yeah, start recording and audio. Yeah. Press play on the Spotify or whatever. Yeah, yeah. our slide pusher and uh, mm-hmm. yep. the fun. Yep. Because it's just so much nicer that way. 
it's just so much more yeah it's all it's all very it's all very simple and i feel like you know well you know culture swings you know there's just swinging culture like the boomers they love the big box everything and then oh yeah you know gen x kind of started to reject that and then millennials and then gen z was just like no Mm -hmm. you know um so you know we we were forced to lean into it because we were small and then through last summer we we barely made it um so we just leaned into the acoustic and we leaned into the simple and Mm -hmm. um but we built our you know that just kind of helped shape who we were and um, you know there's there's like lights on the back wall that are old Mm -hmm. i mean i think they may be as old as my son kind of lights you know what i mean and we we put up um like the icicle lights you know, from yeah. like time, you know, so that it just, you know, so just there's at least some depth or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but there's just not, it's not about a, you're, you're not coming every month to see what the set design is exactly. for the series, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're not spending money on that type of stuff. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we would rather, you know, one of the things that we, we like to say is that we're a non-for-profit that also does church. So our, yeah. orga- yeah, our organizational strength goes into community service hours um so that's that's that like when we want to put our money someplace those are the types of things that we want to prioritize yeah is you know we we do a lot of work with uh our local pride and p flag and um we just started doing we this year we're going to start doing stuff with a group called rebuild Mm. um so like let's let's say um you you met the requirements um for income and you had a porch that was falling apart and couldn't afford to do it rebuild shows up with a team of people and they rebuild your porch for you oh my god yeah so yeah we just found out about this thing and had a meeting a few weeks ago with them and we've already scheduled our first work day and wait that is so nice building generational wealth so yeah so um yeah it's pretty cool so yeah but i'm totally down with you i I, we're seeing yes Mm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Simple, stay small. Yeah. Neighborhood church. Mm-hmm. You know, our. I think if we had like a choice, we would want to be big enough that, like, if we could show up to an area of our city, like we could get some stuff done. Yeah, because you got the money, right? You got right. The... We got the manpower. We're sustainable. We don't have to worry about anything. But that community stays community, not clickish, yeah. but but we're like no, there's community taking place and like. Mm-hmm. You're involved with me and I'm involved with you and our kids know each other and they play together and we yep. go out together and yeah. And I people- totally agree. Yeah. And this is kind of my mentality when pl- stuff as simple as like planning events, right? Like mega churches plan these huge events and they're huge productions and you don't really feel anything. Like it's yeah. just kind of cute and a nice photo op for the church yeah. to put on their Instagram. And so I've kind of like adjusted things because I'm also the event planner because I'm the only other employee. So I do everything. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't really want to do like Bible studies. Like nobody really gives a shit. We have like our only Bible study type thing is called Imago Day Drinking. I came up with that name. Oh, nice. Where we go to the pastor's house and we get drunk and talk about theology. And that's about it. (laughs) And it's funny. It's fun. When? It's once a month. Uh, we just 
Yeah, it's once a month. It's a routine thing, and we just go yeah. to the pastor's house. I mean, not everybody gets drunk, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we drink together. Some of us get drunk if we're not driving. And, yeah, we're just talking about that month's theology topic, or there's no topic, and we just talk about something. Or yeah. Our community group picks a book now, and they just do, but they mm-hmm. came up with that on their own. And Yeah. Or like the so the event I'm planning right now is a it's chili cook off. So we're doing like an after church potluck where people make chili and we eat. We that's so funny. We literally <laughs> just did that. Hell yeah, because it's fun. Like, we literally just did that. I'm not kidding. Two weeks ago we had a chili yeah. thing. Yeah. Because it's just so cute, right? And yeah. that's like the type of events that people like to go to. Yes. Or we're gonna do a karaoke night where we meet up at a dive bar next to the karaoke place because people are late. That's what we know about our people that they're always late. So we're gonna meet at the dive bar and then go do karaoke together That's because awesome. people love karaoke. Just like more community building as opposed yeah. to yeah, events. Let's look cute, yeah, like the spectacular. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's been much more beneficial for our community than anything else yep. because we're just a community full of people who left church and came back or who have been at this church since they were in kindergarten and are now 90 years old yeah and all we've ever wanted was to feel connected yep that's what anybody ever wants right is to find yeah. connection in a community whether we believe the same things or not and that's what i feel like has always been missing in these fucking mega churches where you don't feel connected to anybody yeah you're just kind of yeah. there yeah and you know um in the but that you know unfortunately in in all those church systems um that belonging is based on the belief believing the right things right yeah. believing yeah. certain things and um but you know I, my guess is that your community and ours is a lot alike where mm-hmm. ours isn't based on on that Right. Like, not on right belief. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not because we have people that are all over the, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And yet we're going to build relationship because it's not, there's, there's no, when you take, when you take things like hell out of the equation, mm-hmm. there's no agenda yep. other than just friendship. Right. Yep. I'm not, I'm not becoming friends with you so that I, eventually I'll earn enough trust that I can then tell you this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no there's nothing other than just like, I just want to be friends and make sure that we're all living good lives as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. And help each other do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We're doing a series coming up. Um, gosh, our Easter series is for Lent. Uh, we're doing it's oh, hell no. We're talking about how <laughs> hell doesn't exist. <laughs> nice. I like and that. It's like oh probably going to be controversial. Nice to in that you should it's yeah mm-hmm. i got graphics for you too if you want free graphics. <laughs> um but it's good it's like our most controversial in the sense that like maybe some of our older folks are gonna be like what the heck <laughs> and that's yeah it. yeah but like i love that that we have people in our community like one of our people was like in the cia or fbi or something like that so he's very secretive and i'm like hey how many guns do you have and he's like I'm not going to confirm or deny that. And I was like, oh, that means you have a lot. Or I was like, what do you think about gay people? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And I was like, oh, well, I know what that means. Uh And I just tease him because he's older and has like these classic beliefs. He's been at this church forever. He kind of like runs the show with us. And I'm just like, ha ha, 
Yeah. You're not like me. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> but that's the kind of community I've always wanted, right? Where I could make yeah. fun of people or I could yeah. like have these types of banter because we don't believe the same things. Yes. And it's okay. And it's okay. And it's funny yeah. and it's cute. And I hope he doesn't hate me. Um, I check in with him every once in a while. I was like, I'm so sorry to tease you. I'm so sorry. And he just laughs. laughs. That's funny. What, uh, yeah. what other things are your church doing that you think that the evangelical church should be doing? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I know there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that we just did that always frustrated me, frustrated, I, I'm sure you're the same. Um, do you just, you know, there's this wall of silence where the, you know, like the elder meetings are oh. and the decisions are being made. Right. Yep. And you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on. You don't know who's whatever. And you don't know where the money's going. Yep. So one of the things that we decided to do um, was uh, we decided that we were going to go above and beyond. And um, cause we got people on our leadership team that have been burned in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that are generous people and they had no idea where, you know, they were giving this and it's just like, where's this at? And so one of the things that we, we Which, talk- by the way, friends, is very illegal. Nonprofits have to disclose where every penny is going, but churches yeah. get away with it. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, so we decided to do that though. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're going to live up to this. And uh, I mean, every penny is accounted for. Um, and we just, that was what our chili thing was. We did, um, we actually called it our back to the future meeting. Yeah. We looked back. Yeah. I think, I think my daughter came up with that. Um, we looked back at two at 22 and then looked forward to the future of 23. And part of that we wanted to earn trust was transparency with financials. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, here's every dime. Here's where it all is going. Here's what our budget looks like mm-hmm. for the upcoming year. And then we talked about all of it and um just kind of shared what our thinking was and people asked questions and it went really well you know um uh so it would because one of the things that we saw was this like again it's systems of control systems of guilt and shame and that 10 percent tithing that let people off that have Mm -hmm. you know that they have plenty um 10 percent's nothing Mm-hmm. Right. Ten percent's nothing. But if somebody is without and my wife and I, we, there have been plenty of years that we have been without mm-hmm. that 10 percent. We're not paying a bill. Yep. Or, or we're not buying groceries or something if we're going to give 10 percent of our income. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, no, that's not actually a thing. Like generosity is the thing. Yep. And uh, and so if you if you if you value our teaching is if you if you see value in what we do, if you see the actual good fruits of mm-hmm. what we're doing and want to invest, then we're going to invite you to invest because that's what it is. Right. If not, then we're going to invite you to invest in something though. Yep. Invest your time. Yes. Yes. And it doesn't just have to be monetarily because again, even just generosity, like, especially in this day and age right now, um, where, you know, I don't know what it's like over there, but the housing and electric uh, utilities here in Florida are through the roof. Oh yeah. it's putting a pinch on everybody and not everybody can, you know, generosity is, is like, okay, well I can, I can volunteer for this, mm-hmm. but I can't do this thing over here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I couldn't give regularly, you know, that type of thing. And we wanted to take that stigma away 
I mean, we are a 501c3, right? We're a non-for-profit, so non-for-profits run on donations yeah. and own that. It is what it is. Um, but at the same time, again, releasing people of guilt and shame, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, oh, wait, I'm, I'm free to just be generous? Yep. And I can be generous with you, or I can be generous over here, mm-hmm. and it's still fine? Oh, okay. You know, and then, yeah. Yeah, that honesty has been really important, I think, in our church. Like, I do the announcements on Sunday, so I do a, that's where the giving is, you can give online, da, da, da. and all I say is, and remember, friends, we have bills to pay, but you just got to keep the lights on, and if you want to do that, yeah. well, it's, I'm framing it as like a, we have bills to pay, all of us here, this is our yeah. building, we have bills to pay. Yeah. But like my partner um, and I, we currently don't give because we just moved and our rent went up uh, $1,400. So we paid, yeah, we paid $3,600 in rent. It's a, yep. And it's a three bedroom, two bath condo. I mean, it has a garage, but it's, I mean, California is pretty ridiculous, but um, we just couldn't swing it. But even beyond that, my partner grew up Mormon where tithing is yes super intense yeah and he had a lot of trauma around it and he has a lot of trauma around finances in general um which is annoying because he was rich growing up but you know miserly dad i get it trauma yeah um, so he's like felt really uncomfortable giving to the church when we first started dating and i was like i get it dude like yep you worked through that that is um i don't understand because Nobody was really keeping track and we didn't really have meetings unless you were like in leadership or something. Then they're like, why aren't you signing? But the Mormon church does every single person. And I don't understand what that's like. I mean, they kind of every once a month on Sundays, they have a Sunday where they're not allowed to spend money at all. Like they can't eat, like they fast from everything because they're not allowed to spend money. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, mm, yeah, let's work through that a little bit. All right. (laughs) But we do give a lot of our time, right? Like we volunteer a lot mostly because i gotta get shit done and he's like well you can't carry heavy things so i'll go do i'll be here yeah <laughs> but yeah it, it, and it feels healthy because nobody's kind of bothering us i don't really i'm one of the only people that sees people's tithing and i'm not like hey why aren't you tithing yep. although i will say i do get annoyed when people give me all these fucking opinions about the things that we do and they don't give me any money and i'm like don't talk to me okay yeah i don't care if you don't like that we don't do too many hymns okay you're not giving me any money so no opinion <laughs> no investment no opinion yeah, you know it, it's crazy when you just allow people to be people mm-hmm. and there's no again it's i just found even 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 if it's coming from you know a quote unquote, like good place. Mm. It still boils down to control and shame and guilt. And, you know, you're supposed to test the Lord on this. Mm. He'll open open up the floodgates of heaven if you do this. That is some prosperity gospel bullshit. You know, if you don't, though, then Mm -hmm. something bad's going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's just all... Yeah. So yeah, that was one of the things that we just was like, you, you, no, we're not, I don't, I don't want to do any of this. We, we don't, we don't invite, we don't have mm-hmm. invite cards. We don't tell people to invite. We right. don't, we don't do that either. Yeah. I, I mean, people come, Yeah. People, people bring their friends and stuff. Um, and, and we're growing there. More families are coming and stuff. Um, 
But again, it's it's because we're just we are we are going to tell the truth, and there's there's we, we are who we are. Mm-hmm. There's no I love you buts. You're not going to get invested in and then in four weeks hear something that wait, I can't don't think I can stay here now. No no no, we're upfront from the get go. If you go mm-hmm. to our website, if you go to our website, we tell you who we are on that front page. Yep, same. And you know it like okay i can be down with this or no i can't be and and, and that, that transparency is important right yeah, because all clarity, these fucking mega churches never yes. tell you anything clarity is kindness mm-hmm. yeah because we don't want people on uh, whether they're looking for a more conservative evangelical place or they're looking for more of uh i, I hate labels i don't want to i like uh, i don't know if you heard pete ends mm-hmm. uh he he kind of like pushed progressive Christianity aside and said that he thought a more uh, a better title for that was adaptable mm-hmm. and I, I like that like but adaptive anyway adaptive Christianity I yeah like it. yeah so whatever whatever title you want to put that if they were looking for that we didn't want them showing up and being like um especially our queer friends mm-hmm. we didn't want them investing and in us taking their tithe check for two or three or four or five six months and then they want to start getting involved and it's all like oh well you can be here and we'll take your check but you you can you can greet at the door and hand mm-hmm. out bull- we don't have bulletins but you can hand out the bulletins and that's that's pretty much it you know we yeah. didn't want, we didn't want to participate in that for anybody mm-hmm. so but once you take all that stuff away and and you're just honest about who you are and you tell people what you think um if they're down with that they're down with it if they're not then they move on but everybody appreciates it yep every everybody appreciates yeah. it everybody appreciates even it. even your racist uncle ron everybody yes. appreciates it just as well <laughs> that's the truth yep this has been an amazing look into what a progressive or adoptive church can look like Thank you very much, Joe, for being like, you know, the guy that did the goddamn thing, you know? (laughs) Do you have any... That's another t-shirt. Yes. (laughs) I'm good at it. Uh, Do you have any closing thoughts, any closing messages for the folks listening? Uh, You know, um, I I would just say uh, the same thing that we tell a lot of our people is like, you don't have to put up with it. You, you don't you do not have to put up with it you number one you don't owe anybody any explanation uh nobody is your boss nobody's in charge of your spirituality mm-hmm. and you don't have to put up with it you do not need you do not need a building with a name with a sign on the front of it to find the sacred yep um you can find the sacred in a building with a name on it but you don't have to have it mm-hmm. and um so like I, I, I think the the more honest we are about those kinds of things, especially in the season that we're in, where people are leaving the institution to try to find the sacred, um, uh, to to help release people of of the guilt and shame that comes with the institution. Yep. Um, you 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 don't have to put up with it. Like it's it's not a thing. Amen. And, yeah, and don't let don't let anybody that's in that has a title like mine um tell you otherwise and if mm-hmm. they do jog on see ya exactly amen hallelujah praise the lord joe uh <laughs> tell the people where they can find you in your church especially if you're in gainesville welcome yeah, um our church. <laughs> yeah our website is shift gnv shift gnv is short for gainesville shift gnv.com um we're right smack dab in the middle of town our 
we're a church for the rest of us. That's our tagline. Um, so yeah, we're on, you know, Instagram and, um, um, Facebook and all the stuff and TikTok. I do, we do a lot of stuff on TikTok. I'm the real Joe Smith on TikTok. Mm. So yeah. The real Joe Smith. I That's love it. it. Yeah. All Just right, friends. So. Sick. I hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. I hope it was informative. And if you go to a church and want to make some changes, send this to your pastor. And if he doesn't like this episode, well, then time to leave. Um, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us at Speaking in Church on Instagram, where you will find links to our merch, our tip jar. And by our, I mean mine. I do this for free, for fun, for the passion, for being able to bitch about everything on a public platform. Um, so if you like it, give me money. Tithe. Have, invest. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can find me personally at Josie Takes the World, where you will see that all I do these days is crochet like a grandma and play with my dogs. That is it. Um, it's a fun life. I love it so much. Anyways, friends, that is it. As always, stay woke or get woke. Bye. This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.